All right. Before we start today, I have to tell you something. I was just saying, actually, in the green room, that you know when something happens in life and it's just like, you can't write that shit. And all of a sudden, you're like, you're looking at it, and you're like, I have to take a Polaroid of this. I can't forget this. Well, that happened yesterday. I was at a little family function, which happened to be an extended family member's birthday, which was like, I think she was turning 100 and... I don't even know. I think it was 99 years old. She was ancient. Barely could have her eyes move, but she was there, right? She was there. She was alive. So it was her birthday. So celebrate. Oh, it's beautiful, right? So we're at the old folks' home for this one, right? So there's a lot of people coming in. And we showed up a little late because, you know, we have two kids, this and that. Boom. I walk in. I had my hat on. So I thought, you know what? The old folks, they love these hats. So I come in, you know, the old school gentleman. They're like, yeah. Right away, even the door guy that was there was like, yeah, hey, it's a really nice hat. I'm like, oh, thank you. So we walk <laughs> in, right? So I'm like, I hope I'm not the only one with a hat on. So no. I walk in and I look around. Oh, okay, family members. Boom, boom. Hey, how you doing? I look at the back. I'm like, oh, wow. You know what I saw at the back? It's all old folks, right? Most of them are just like gray as a ghost and just like powder just like they move and powder just comes off of them I, I look at the back there's a cowboy in the back I'm like what there's a cowboy in the back I look real close he's just sitting by himself and his jeans were so creased it looked like if he took the jeans off they could stand up on their own and I look <laughs> close and he's got a beautiful big cowboy hat on right and he's chewing on something in his mouth and he's by himself he's in the back I look close, he's got like a party sweater on, but his collar is coming out. And on his collar, it said Wrangler, right on his collar. So he made sure everyone knew he had a Wrangler collar on, right? I'm like, this guy is something else. And he caught my eyes that I was looking at him. He points at his hat, points at me, and gives me one of these. Like that, and I look uh-huh. back at him on my this dude is something else, man. So I just ended it that. I just, you know, when a cowboy's in the room, you gotta just, you gotta edit that. Listen up, everybody. This is another Sports Ethos Toronto Raptor podcast, and I'm your host, Mr. Al Hoopo. And we got Max P here, you better pay me. And Mr. A Rod, you know who it is. And we got a real special guest in the building. So everybody, listen up. Get your ears clear. Here we go. All right, listen. Everybody, be quiet for a second. We have a special guest in the building. I have to give him a special intro. I even wrote down a couple little notes for him. So before I say his name, I want you to know that today on the Sports Ethos Toronto Raptor Podcast, if you enjoy basketball, college basketball, uh, for instance, you're in the right spot because today... Not only do we have a legend in the game of college basketball writing, we have the senior national writer of Heat Check College Basketball, the host of the Heat Check Hangout. If Sherlock Holmes, you know how Sherlock Holmes handles crimes, or submarines handle deep water, or volcanoes handle lava, or like how a pimp handles a hoe, or cluckers are to dealers, or sneakers are to feet, or pizza to sauce, or Italians to olive oil? Well, that's how Brian Ruff is to college basketball. You want to have the pulse on the college basketball game? Just take a hit of him, boom, right in your arm, and you're all in the game. Mr. Brian Ruff is in the building. What's going on, man? Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate yes, it. sir. Well, thank you for jumping on, man. A-Rod has said a lot of big, big, big good things about you, man. So thank you very yeah, much for coming It's going to be a special on. show, special show. 
Yes. I yes. can't wait. I can't wait. Yes. All right. Well, this is what we do, Brian. Usually every show we uh, we go over very quickly, but since you're on, we won't be doing a lot about the Raptors. But very quickly, the Raptors did have a game. So this was yesterday. No, it wasn't. It was a couple days ago. The Raptors 123, Hawks 121. And usually what we do is we go around the table and give me one word to describe this game. I'm pretty sure you didn't watch the game, Brian, so it's it's quite all right. But if you did, you can jump in. So first thing, (laughs) did not. I don't even think that when the Raptors when the Raptors are playing at home, they were in Atlanta for this moment. But the Raptors are home. I don't think it airs anywhere but Toronto. So, which is it's kind of sad, but it is what it is. One word, a ride hit me. Desperation. Oh boy. Because we need one more win for that pizza party, man. So Brian, way back in October, our coach promised the guys that if they won three in a row, we'd get a nice dinner out. All the, all the all the players, all the staff, everything. Since he made that promise, they have not won three in a row. They haven't even won three in a row all season. No. So we're at two right now. One more to go, and then hopefully a nice little pizza party. <laughs> Brian, all a right. pizza party. <laughs> hey, I know. I, I know. I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan. Mm-hmm. Three in a row would be news for a pizza party too. I'm all for <laughs> it. <laughs> all right. So desperation. Uh, wait, what do you got, Max P? One word. Hit me. Um. Tank, yeah, yeah. Because now these wins don't mean nothing. Like it doesn't, it doesn't move me. You know, nah. the tank is in. It's official. Yeah. We're just coasting out to the end of the season. So you know, I guess this, we're not embarrassing ourselves on the way out the door. So that's all right. I like that. Okay, tank desperation. I got toothbrush shank. So you okay. know, those old toothbrush shanks because we got them right in the end. Just when Atlanta thought they had us, we just. Tick, 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 tick. Got it. And that was it. Real quick. 123, 121, game over. So, and that was that. And everybody's uh, on lockdown. Exactly. And everybody's on lockdown. We got the hell out of Atlanta. So, that was that. So, did anything catch your eye before we uh, before we move on? Anything that caught your eye from this game? You know what caught my eye that, since Brian's yeah. a fan of the Hornets? The Hornets have won. I, know, that's I think rough. they won four in a row, right? And then they just lost their last one mm. to, to the Warriors. So mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy considering that the Hornets were not doing well at all for a long period of time, right? And they made a couple of trades, got Grant Williams in there. Uh, what letting the kids run now, I think, too? Man, what's his name? Man. I think, yeah, I think Trey Mann is running. Yeah. Um, Brandon yeah. Miller. Yeah. Uh, I think Nick, Nick was, Richards is starting still. This is this is what we'll do is, is we're terrible in position for a good draft pick, win enough games to not be in position for a good draft pick. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It's just a formula. <laughs> was Grant Williams on the Hornets when he started that fight the other night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, I, lo- I love your coach. Your well, coach doesn't fuck around. Yeah. That's the one thing. What's going on with LaMelo, man? So I didn't know you were a Charlotte Hornets fan, but I can tell by your, your, your color scheme now that I get it. So what um, what's going on with LaMelo? This guy, he's on my fantasy team. This guy doesn't oh, play man. anymore. What's going on with this guy? Injuries. Man. Injuries. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of been it. I, I haven't paid attention as much as I would like to just during the college season. I'm totally locked into college yeah, and get yeah. highlights and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but injuries and uh, – Gradually, Brandon Miller is taking more and more of a, of, I think, kind of that lead role. Lamelo is looking at the guy with the ball in his hands, yeah. um, but it is kind of nice that he's got guys who he can actually pass to. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's a stud. Uh, that that young buck you got on there, Bill. Yeah, Brendan Miller yeah, and, and Ted. This this man kid is nice too, coming out of nowhere. All right, I think a note that I, I noticed was uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Kelly Nowitzki. Did you see that one leg little fadeaway shot that Kelly Olnick had at the end of the game with a clutch shot? And he hit bank. Did you see that? Did you catch that? No. Oh, that's Kelly Olnick, Scarborough born, right there. Okay. Okay. Right there, Scarborough. One little leg, Kelly Nowitzki yeah, type. He just practices for the Olympics, man. That's all. Yeah. It is. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> How uh, you feeling about that Olympic team, Brian? For the U.S. You feeling like it's going to be something special, or you think like a little bit more of the same as the uh, as the FIBA World Cup? It's going to be better than the FIBA World Cup. Um, seems like LeBron and Steph and some of the bigger guys are going to play, um, but I'm I'm concerned. Like we're, I think I was actually thinking about this the other day. I think the NBA has gone further and further away from FIBA and FIBA rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when the redeem team, the redeem team, excuse me, came around in 2010. Yeah. 20, 2008 maybe um, whatever whatever those Olympics were uh, there was a real dedication to like playing that way and they were like a, a three year plan that mm-hmm, USA Basketball mm-hmm, put in place mm-hmm, to play that mm-hmm. way because the 04 team didn't win gold, I think won bronze and yeah. since then I think things have kind of eroded back to kind of being like oh we got it we're fine, you know we're, we're the US we got the best players blah 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 um, and the rest of the world is uh, not where they were 20 years no, ago. Like the rest no. of the world is is on par. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm bracing for a rude uh, U.S. basketball awakening. We'll see. <laughs> I'm excited yeah, for Canada basketball. Right should now. the USA? They didn't need Kobe back then too. Like Kobe came in, was right. like, I'm not playing around, and then you guys got it together. There's really no Kobe right. kind of guy to no. whip dudes in shape and the rest of the world is catching up so it's going to be interesting it is it really really is no we'll, we'll see i'm nervous <laughs> yeah i think you should be to be honest <laughs> I, I yeah i, yeah. I am yeah so dude, here's a question then because so when they lose right like does that it hits hard right i want to compare that sort of to like our junior hockey team when we when they're mm-hmm. expected to win every time uh around that time and when they lose it does hurt and so the, it must really hurt when the Americans don't win that Olympic gold, right? Because you're expected to win that every time. So that must. Yeah, it, it hurts the Olympics. The World yeah. Cup does not as much because we don't, we have not at least last several times sent yeah. our best guys to the World Cup. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so whenever we lose there, like this past year, it's a, oh, well, you know, if we had LeBron, Steph, KD, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, go down the list, like we'd win it it's fine and the olympics is the time for them to to prove that but there if if there is a game dropped in the olympics it is panic and you get all the hot takes of what's wrong with u.s basketball (laughs) how do we fix it you know sky is falling blah 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 Uh, it can't (laughs) just be that the rest of the world is good or team canada is good or germany yeah yeah, no it never can't be no yeah Yeah, it can't can't be that something wrong something wrong with the u.s yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I know Canada. We we have nothing to lose, and plus we got our best squad headed that way. So, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll see. All right. Before we move on, boys, I have a question. Okay, so uh, I went to the coffee shop yesterday. Actually, yesterday was a big day. I had the cowboy, and then I went to the coffee shop after. I'm like, I really need a coffee now. So, I walked in, and 
uh, Brian, for, you don't know, there's this nice little coffee shop full of Italians. It's real old school. I'm half Italian, half Dutch, so I like to go in there and just take a little break, right? So I walk in, and I, there's Nino in the back. He's real old. He's like, hey, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, hey, well, good. And then I'm sitting down, I have my coffee, and all of a sudden, one of the old OGs comes in. Is, I haven't seen him in a while. His name's Giovanni. He's the gambler of the bunch, right? They call him G-Money. G-Money comes in. He's looking sharp. He's got his leather jacket on, his nice church shirt underneath. He's like, well, I took my one, my plural yesterday I'm like all right that's great he sits down he's like can I have a, a little chat with you Ben I'm like yeah what's going on yeah uh, you know everyone's talking about your podcast in the shop I'm like oh yeah he's like yeah you see you helped out Nino with his little issue he had last week I'm like yeah yeah, yeah. he's like I can, can I tell you something that happened to him I'm like yeah I'm like yeah what's going on he's like I was in church the other day and uh I couldn't stop farting <laughs> it was just farting. I was just shit, like I was shitting myself right on the pew. Like, <laughs> sorry, Jesus, but I, I, I couldn't stop farting. My wife was like, "Shut up!" And my kids started laughing, and even the priest stopped, uh, stopped, uh, stopped what he was saying. I, was like, I stopped Jesus from having his day because of my farts. So I'm wondering, could you go? Because of my farts, I was wondering if you could go on the pod and ask the boys, like, is there anything or anywhere I can go to maybe help with my farting issues? Boys, you know what you're gonna have Oh man, I was money? I was talking to A Rod about a spot the other day, you know. What's the spot? Hey, Popeye supplements. Hey, <laughs> Popeye supplements. For all your fart needs, head to Popeye <laughs> supplements. They'll help you out. So you with, with that being said, everybody, you know what's coming up next. Another segment of this or, or that. All right. Brian, this is your first your first time so what this or that is we basically we put up fictional street fights between like it depends so if the raptors were in atlanta i'll go into the history of atlanta their musicians their actresses whatever and i'll just put a fake street fight up and then who you got so you get it real easy rules so for it doesn't have to be a street fight either so first up what we got here is it actually is a first street fight, so we're going to go college, all right? So college basketball, March Madness, this is for you, Brian Ruff. So who do you got? In this corner, we got we got Mr. Clark Kellogg in this corner, all right? So this is a street fight, so who do you got? <laughs> who do you got? Clark Kellogg in this corner or, or Greg Gumble in this oh. corner? In a street fight, you know, all, you know it, it just all, no rules, just who do you got? Clark Kellogg. Uh, uh, you know who and uh, oh, yeah. Greg Gummo. Who Clark do you got? Kellogg. Clark Kellogg or Greg Clark Kellogg. Clark Kellogg's like 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, <laughs> Played the NBA for a while before his knees blew out. Like he'd, <laughs> he'd wipe the floor with Greg Gummo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, one for, you got Clark Kellogg. One for one for Clark. Who who do you got, Arod? I'm gonna stick with Clark Kellogg too, man. Yeah. I like Brian's reasoning, and for me, it's like he's a face of CBS for that, man. Okay. All right. So two zero. Who do you who do you got, Matt? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely Clark going with Clark. Yeah, yeah. Clark got some. Uh, Clark got some pent up energy, man. I think <laughs> he thought Greg would have been gone by now, and he would have had yeah. his seat. But he's Greg still here. I'm yeah. getting old. Yeah. Oh, he'd knock him out so fast. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. So okay, so it's three oh. I'm I'm going I'm going with Greg Gumble and the, re- the okay, reason I'm, you go yeah, old school. Yeah, the the reason I'm going with Greg Gumble is like li- listen, look at that hair. <laughs> that's like, the old Greg Gumble. That's that's the Greg Gumble. 
That's Greg Gumbel right that there. So might have had a chance. No, no, he still has a chance. You, see, you, you can see in his eyes, Chico. The, the eyes don't lie. And I, I'll tell you what. He just laces them up. He's got one one fight left in him. I'm telling you. I don't care, I don't care that whatever his name is, Clark, Clark Gable, whatever his name is, is six foot nine. Clark Kellogg, sorry. So, anyways, I had to give that one to Mr. Greg Gumbel. So, anyways, three one. Yeah, that wasn't even close. All right, next up. <laughs> Who do you think? So I, I noticed that you are an alum of University of South Carolina. I did a little bit of research. And uh, all I know about South Carolina is I took a Greyhound there for Myrtle Beach for sp uh, spring break back in the day. And I don't remember too much. Uh, and <laughs> so be happened yeah, in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful <laughs> spot. Beautiful spot. So I did a little research about South Carolina. So, okay. Oh, look at this. I had no idea this guy was from there. So. I'm putting these two guys up. Who do you think in their heyday, all right, in their heyday on top of their game got more play, got more girls, got more ass, okay? Who do you think? So we got Joe Fraser, who's, hey. who's from South Carolina. Rest in peace. All right, Joe Fraser against Teddy P, Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy P. Teddy Panties on the Grass. I think that I think that picture tells you all you need to know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's start with A Rod. Who do you got, A Rod? You got I'm, Joe I'm Fraser. Grass, man. I, you, go, you going with Teddy I'm P? Going Pen yeah, man. That that mink sweater or that man. mink coat rather. Whew. I know. I know. I want. I mean, that. look at the size of that ring too. The pinky ring, man. I mean, that kind of oh, says it all, man. Yeah, that thing's crazy. blasting right through my screen, man. <laughs> yeah, that ring says a lot. <laughs> all right, one zero for uh, Teddy P. Who do you got, Max P? Joe oh, Fraser man. or Teddy Pendergrass? Definitely, definitely Teddy P. Yeah. Um, remember um, Menace of Society in the beginning, where the parents are having a party and he's still young and he comes out of his room. Yes. 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 Yes, and he's like just a little kid around grown folks partying. Yeah, like when I was growing up, Teddy Pendergrass was playing in that scenario. Yes, know? yeah, and, uh, and and that '70s, late early '80s era was was wild stuff. From what I can remember as a youngin, I can only imagine being a grown person in Teddy Pendergrass's or era. Or actually <laughs> being in the slacks of Teddy Pendergrass. Exactly. All right, mm -hmm. two O for Teddy P. Who do you got, Brian? Joe Fraser or Teddy P? Who got more? Play. Teddy P. Again, you, you saw that picture. You yeah. saw the picture. Yeah. 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 That's all, all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there, so 3 0, there, that is all you need to know. But I'll tell you what, Joe Fraser, I did a little reason. I'm not going Joe Fraser, I'm going Teddy P. But Joe Fraser also, he he, he got his. Uh, oh, it for actually sure. Smoking like, Joe? Phew, it's documented, too. Even his ladies were like, yeah, go ahead, Joe. And they let him go. <laughs> but Teddy P, anybody that has a song that starts like this. Yeah. <laughs> you think for one second that this guy didn't fuck the entire country in the United States of America. For one second, and his name is Teddy? <laughs> yeah, he definitely song? got a, a Will oh, Chamberlain uh, record. <laughs> Game over, Teddy P. Sweep. All right, that was easy. All right, we're going to stick with college basketball here. Brian, who back in the day, I don't know your age, I'm not going to ask you your age live on the show, but I'm 43 years old. I come from that, that 90s, early 90s, 
you know lineage we all kind of do a rods a bit of the baby the bunch here but um who do you got what was more influential do you think in these days for just just branding and the cool factor was it the fab five was it the michigan was it the black socks was it the baggy shorts was it the jalen rose was it the chris weber what was cooler or was it the jerry tartanian unlv running rebels vibe that was happening back in the day with larry johnson and uh stacy yeah man and the old school Start. Oh, Just I remember that jacket. Yeah, man. All that. You remember the hot tubs? You remember all that? Man, remember all that? The bite in the towel. But who do you got? Which? Who do you think was cooler? Was it the running rebels of the '90s, or was it the Fab Five, Michigan? You know, you know. Enough said. Mm -hmm. I don't need to explain it anymore. Anyone can jump in. But Brian, Brian, I think you want to take I, this I, one. I would say Fab Five. I think that's that's the toughest one so far, and a really good comparison that I don't, I don't think I've I've made before. Um, but that's a really good one. I think you could really go either way. Um, Fab Five, though, I, the impact beyond just basketball with the with the shorts too, which yeah, I think we yeah. all owe a big thank you to them. Um, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I I would go Fab Five slightly. Yeah, yeah, I know it's kind of tough, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So one zero for the Fab Five. A Rod, who you got? Uh, I'm Michigan. gonna go with Fab Five too, only because I still have friends to this day that support Michigan solely because of them. Yeah. And I also think Fab yeah. Five was more popular up here just because we're closer Close. in proximity to them, right? UNLV, like although they were just big back in the '90s, like we we never really got a lot of their games or coverage. At least mm -hmm. here we had a little bit of that Michigan coverage. So I'm gonna stick with Fab Five. Yeah, yeah. All right. What about you, Max B? That's two O for Michigan. Oh, this is it's right? almost impossible for me to pick because uh, UNLV is how I started watching college basketball. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Um, the, them beefing with Duke was uh, yeah. how I got introduced to college ball. I used to see like uh, the Big East games and stuff, but I didn't pay too much attention. Mm. The UNLV um, getting to the I think it was back to back. That was where I started paying attention, mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'm, but I gotta go with Michigan because I'm like you, like you said, a Rod. I'm one of those guys that still roots for Michigan to this day yeah. because of the Fab Five, you know. Yeah. And they used to play all those Michigan Wolverine games, college football on TV, like they were a local yeah. team. Holy shit! Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember for me. I had uh, we took a trip to Ottawa. Uh, it was just a school trip, and I think it was it was grade eight, so it was it was I was twelve years old, so it was ninety two, and uh, I think that's about the time that UNLV was hitting right, pretty hard. Yep. Anyways, and I bought a bunch of UNLV gear. I don't even know why I did. I had the UNLV I had shorts, a bunch of UNLV I had gear the too. shirt, I had the jacket, <laughs> I had all this UNLV gear, and I didn't even know why. It was just it was the, it, it was the move that was the way cool. back then. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it was, but then so they did have a lot of pull. Univy had a lot of pull, but to it, when these boys hit though, when Michigan was, hit, and when geez. it was so close to home, and the the black the black socks and the the yellow shorts or whatever whatever, I don't have to explain it any more than that. I'm going with Michigan, man. I'm going with Fab Five, even though UNLV was nice, mm -hmm. was real nice. All right, cool. We got a fight here, and we're gonna start with you, Brian. In this corner, we got we got Duke fans, just Duke fans in general. Okay, so if you were to have a world <laughs> war, okay, and you had 
just this is World War Three, and you got in this corner the entire army of Duke fans, okay, <laughs> in one corner, and then on the other corner you got the an entire army of UNC fans, okay, and they oh. are about to go to war like it's Rome, like it's back in the day, right? Who do you got, UNC fans or Duke fans? Who's winning that war? Can I go with neither? Oh, <laughs> they slap. So slap. I don't know. If this, you can. Yeah, <laughs> not to get not to get too much in this. So I, I grew up in Raleigh, which is like right in between Duke and UNC, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I I grew up a Duke fan. Uh, I am now neutral college basketball party, um, but grew up a Duke fan. A lot of my friends went to North Carolina. Um, North Carolina fans, um, it, they have a reputation as being a, a wine and cheese kind of crowd. Really. Um, you don't get that reference. They are um, uh, older, a little bit more gray, a little bit slower mm. moving. Uh, less wow. Rally, less I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, um, I think Duke fans have really gotten soft the last, like, decade plus. The Cameron Crazies are not as crazy as uh, they were, uh, certainly uh, several, several years ago. I, I may lean – I may lean – UNC fans just because there's more of them um, mm-hmm. but I think you put both those fan bases against like um, like a Kansas or a Kentucky and they're both getting curb stomped uh, <laughs> both of them you say Interesting. Yeah. okay I like that that's cool that's cool yeah that's some info that. that's yeah, some info yeah. I did not know that because I, I should have put a cat, uh, told you off the top. I know nothing about college basketball, by the way. I'm pure just pro oh, ball good. basketball. I don't know a goddamn thing. A little bit, a little bit. So I'm not even gonna act like I know. So every little thing you're saying here, you're the god when it comes to this. Okay. So uh, all right, who's up next? A Rod, hit me. I'm going with the UNC fans, man. I can't go with Duke, man. I just I I cannot. My bones <laughs> won't let me. But I I will say this though, in uh. You know, in relation to what Brian was saying, I've been to UNC and I've been to a Chapel Hill game. Like, I've been inside that building. I watched them play Gonzaga when they were both top 10 ranked a few years mm. ago back in, like, 2018. Mm. Um, it is a bit of an older crowd. They are, um, like, a very interesting crowd, but, man, the energy in the building was great. Uh, mm-hmm. Duke, I'm not sure, you know, how the fans would match up with the UNC fans, but I do agree with this point <laughs> with if Kentucky or Kansas, you know, went against them, man, those those fan bases are crazy. The way they mm. travel, mm. that is uh, that is one fan base, like especially Kentucky. I've seen them, like even when uh, Kentucky came up here this summer to play in the Global Jam, I was there in the building and like they had at least yeah, you were 2,000 people. Yeah, 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 they had at yeah, least 2,000 people up here from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So it was it was nuts, man. But yeah, I'll I'll stick with uh, I'll stick with UNC for that. So two O UNC. What about you, Max P? Who do you got in a war? I'm gonna go with. Uh, uh, I'll ha- have to go with UNC, even though that is interesting that they are the wine and cheese crowd. I did not know that. If I had mm-hmm. to, like from the outside looking in, I would have guessed that would have been the more, um, you know. The typical down south country folks. That's what I would have thought too. I would have thought Duke uh, would have been the more uppity folks. You know, that's NC yeah. State. Like, there's a weird, uh-huh. there's a weird divide. And the, so there's the three schools, right? There's NC State and UNC, uh, which mm-hmm. are the two public schools, and Duke's the private school. So Duke mm-hmm. does have more of the uppity. There's a lot of people from the Northeast section. 
which of the United mm. States that ended up going to Duke. Mm. And then locally, you have kind of the more uppity going to UNC and the more uh-huh. salt of the earth type end up going to NC State. Well, NC State's that now. one that you're thinking of. And um, mm-hmm. if they okay. were any good in anything, I think you'd hear more about <laughs> NC State fans, but they're just <laughs> routinely <laughs> mediocre in everything across the board. Really? Well, I can only imagine the politics like involved with a UNC in North Carolina. Like, how are you supposed to get in? You know, like I can only oh, imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go just by hearing all these these facts you're spewing out about UNC. I'm gonna actually go with the old crowd too. And who who went to? Was it Christian Leitner went to Duke, right? Duke. Yeah. Yes, he went. Yeah, to no, Duke. I can't. I can't ride with anything that you know, Christian you already Leitner know. was on. You already know. Yeah. So yeah, I just can't. Even so though they had enough. You know enough about college ball, Paul. Well, I know the little parts. And Bobby Hurley too, right? He went to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He was another one. Much respect to his dad, though. I read his book, um, Miracle at St. Anthony, about Bobby Hurley's dad coaching high school basketball in New Jersey. I just mm-hmm. want to give a big salute to that, to, to him for that. Like, he's he's a legend for that. But I just can't ride with anything with Christian Leitner. And, and also, the fact that you're saying they're a little older and a little grayer, that means that they have some they have some knowledge they have some wisdom behind them so they'll be able to like hide the pipe somewhere in their back pocket without <laughs> anybody knowing it boom you're done so yeah i'm gonna go clean sweep unc so, <laughs> nice all right so up next we got i just wanted to give some shout outs and again i don't know much about college basketball but i know one thing is dean smith is a legend and uh, I wanted to ask you, I, I wanted to t- put two coaches and I wanted to see if you could, who do you in your mind was the more legendary coach? Was it Bobby Knight or, or Dean Smith? And I'd like to know why. Um, that's a and really, rest in really, peace. Yeah. 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 Rest in peace. Yes. That's a really, really tough one. Um. Locally, I think like being in North Carolina, mm. Dean Smith would be the correct answer. But I think on a more national landscape in terms of the game as a whole, uh, mm. I think Bob Knight, the character he portrayed, um, the level he had Indiana at, and what Indiana me or what basketball means in the state of Indiana. Excuse me. Mm. Um, I, I would have to go Bob Knight, like the the, the slimmest of margins partially just because of the, the, the character that he, he played and was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a legend, though. D- Dean Smith was, what would you say, one of the greatest coaches of all time? Oh, yeah. they're I mean, they're both yeah. top five. Like, you're, you're, you're splitting hairs up there. Um, mm-hmm. I just think Knight's impact largely was, uh, was just a little bit bigger. Yeah. I just wanted to pick your brain on that. I didn't want to make a, yeah. like a competition out of that. But what do you think, A-Rod, if you had to – yeah, I mean, there's no if you had to pick, but uh, you, you got anything you want to add to that? With no, I'm, I'm pretty much good with that. I'm I'm pretty content with that answer to Brian. Yeah. I mean. All right. Well, listen. If you have if you have a lot of farting issues, gas issues, you're gonna head yourself over to Popeye Supplements, okay? Because this was another segment of this or or that. All right. Usually at this point, we go around the NBA. But since we have you here, Brian, and I want to take a lot of your time up, we're going to go around the NCAA. And because March Madness is on its way, and I'm sure that's on the top of your brain as we speak, 
why I would love to just go around the table and we would just pick your brain a little bit, especially since I don't know much about college basketball and I but what mm-hmm. I do enjoy is the draft and and who's coming up and especially with the Raptors, we are gonna have a nice little pick this year. So mm-hmm. my first question and then you guys can take over and ask your questions is uh, how does the draft look? How do the prospects look this year? Maybe if you could point out some real uh, ones we should be looking out for. Draft is not good to be to mm. just to, just to be blunt at really? the top. Uh, the draft is not good. I think there's going to be some value you can potentially get like in the second round. Mm. I don't think there's much difference between like mid first round picks and mid second round picks. I don't think there's a huge Eesh. difference in in talent there. Um, but the top of this draft, I think, is the worst since the Anthony Bennett draft. Oh, and it's the, first draft. it's the first draft since then when you like you, you don't know who the top pick is going to be or the top couple picks, right? This isn't the this isn't the Wemby draft. This isn't the Zion draft. This isn't the Anthony Edwards draft. The draft where you can name somebody and that's how you know the draft class it is. This class doesn't have that guy or even those guys, right? So you're picking the top of this. I think you're looking to find a starter right like a starter on a championship contending team that is going to be kind of the ceiling i think in the draft i don't know if there is that superstar there's certainly no surefire superstar all-star guy with that potential it might it might be there right no one thought tyrese halliburton was going to be that guy when he came out of school right even though he was a top 10 pick so that guy might might be there um but i don't see anybody who has that kind of upside or potential but you look at there are a couple there are a couple guys um and Jacoby Walter for Baylor uh, looks like he can be a solid starter in the league. His teammate, Eve Missy, a uh, big guy, I think, has really good potential as well. Um, people really like um, Stefan Castle from, from UConn. I think he has potential to be very good. Um, Kentucky, Kentucky's got a, a stable of guys. Um, they have a guy who, if you haven't seen him play, I would encourage you to watch Kentucky just to watch Rob Dillingham play. Um, he is Jamal Crawford 2.0. Oh wait, and he's huh. he's a lot of he's a lot of fun, really good offensively. He can get you a bucket whenever he wants to. He's going to go higher than he would otherwise because of that and because of how bad this draft is. He's not good defensively at all. He doesn't really care much about playing defense, <laughs> um, but but he will get you a bucket however he can, and he will score like ten points in a minute. And there's a lot of huge, teams that would want a, a bucket getter. I tell you exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about this kid? I'm looking at it right now. What's your take on it? They have uh, Cody Williams as the as the projected mm-hmm. number one pick. Uh, what's your take on him? Yeah, yeah, really. uh, he, he fine. He is not. He is not carried Colorado. Like he went to a non blue blood school. Went to Colorado, mm-hmm. which is fine. Colorado was supposed to be good this year. I have a couple of guys who are going to get drafted this year. I would think up to three, potentially going in the first two rounds, um, which more than Colorado normally has. They're not a team that produces a lot of NBA draft picks, not a historically good basketball program. Um, and they're probably not making the NCAA tournament this year. Yeah. Like, he has not been able to elevate a decent supporting cast around him. I, I think he has good tools. But again, he's going to be more of, a, I think, a, a rotation player, role player, more so than I think he's going to be somebody who you would expect to get picking one or two in the draft. I like what you just said right there. That's good. You, you say like, listen, he has a pretty good supporting cast, and he still can't make them out. He can't elevate that. That right. that's a that's a selling that's a selling sign right there. That's zooming in on an issue already. So, I like that. How about um, 
How about, okay, you guys can jump in, but for the gambling folk that are listening right now, I'm not a gambling one myself, but with some Cinderella schools going into the upcoming tournament, who, who do you think might have a chance to kind of turn some heads and sort of uh, squeak out some wins? There are a couple. Um, only one of these two teams are going to get in because I don't think the Sun Belt Conference is going to get multiple bids in the tournament. It's a traditional one-bid league. Uh, but both James Madison and Appalachian State are really good teams that can beat somebody. James Madison went and beat Michigan State in East Lansing the first game of the season, went on the road, won there. Hmm. Was not a fluke. They have the size to match up with power conference teams. They have really good guard play, an experienced team, a really good coach, uh, Mark Bington, who's going to be at a higher job sooner rather than later. Um, but if they don't win the Sun Belt, it's going to be because App State probably wins the Sun Belt. And App State beat James Madison twice er- earlier this season, beat Auburn, and Auburn is a top-10 team according to all the analytics that you look at, beat Auburn earlier this season. Uh, another team with a really great coach, uh, and Dustin Kearns, who, again, will be at a higher job sooner rather than later. Mm. Team built on defense. They have some good guard play that generates enough offense. I think one of those two is going to be really interesting. Um I'm also interested to see what McNeese State does. Uh, so I don't know if Will Wade um, was like the, the poster child of the FBI investigation in college basketball. He was the one who they had wiretaps of making strong-ass offers, and that ended up causing him to get fired by LSU. No real punishment came from that other than that, so he's back at McNeese. It's one of the best coaches in the country. McNeese State typically is not a very good program, uh, but they've, they've gone. They've won at Michigan this season, have some other big wins in there as well, have some really talented guards, a much more talented team than you would typically, typically expect coming from that level. Um, I know they're going to be a team that uh, if they show up next to someone in their bracket, that team's not going to be very happy to see McNeese there. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rod, you got any? Uh, yeah, I have a couple there? of questions for Brian just about uh, some of the Kentucky players, right? Just in, mm-hmm. in terms of like who's actually going to get drafted because normally they just keep reloading every season, right? Mm-hmm. Justin Edwards was pretty highly touted coming out of high school, right? And he struggled for, I want to say, pretty much all season, minus last night. Yeah. So, like, in light of last night, right, do you think that he's somewhere in the top 20, oh. 25, like, for a first-round pick or – even with the struggles? Or? Yeah, I, I think he'll work his way there. And, again, I think that's more of a product of the draft class than anything with him and himself. Like, there are guys who've been highly touted that have fallen off and then essentially been forced to come back for a second year. We're still going in up a second round picks or being undrafted. He does have the tools. He does have skills. We just saw it over the weekend where they, they beat Alabama. He went 6-6 six six from the field, 4-4 four four from three, was lighting up. Alabama. He was the best player on the court in that game, certainly for stretches. We've also seen guys who've been really talented, who've gone to places like Kentucky, where they understand there's other talent around them that's going to limit their production. Mm -hmm. Go late in the first round, even without showing the flashes that Justin Edwards has shown. Scalabus Sierra immediately comes to mind as somebody who was highly touted coming out of school, went to the NBA, um, didn't really do much in the NBA, didn't really do much in college, wasn't a great player, but had the tutelage and, and the profile that earned him essentially a first-round pick. I think Edwards can fall in that category. He's certainly a better player, I think, than Lebissier was. Um, but I, I would still think he's going to go in the first round unless something crazy happens. Okay. 
Uh, my other question too is like I, I was looking at a few of the analytics, especially with uh, Evan Mia's website too. And he was talking mm -hmm. about some of like the preferred lineups or the most potent lineups in uh, in college basketball. And Purdue had two of them. So in light of that, my question is, how do you see Zach Eady panning out in the NBA? Mm. Because he's such a great college player. Yeah. And like us Canadians want to, you know, we want to cheer for somebody that's from here too. But mm. uh, you know, usually guys like that who are a bit very flat-footed, slow, like. If they find it very yeah. hard in today's NBA game. So what do you think of him like going to the next level? He is going to do better than people think he will. Um, okay. you know, he's certainly not fleet of foot or anything like that. He has also gotten to the point where he is not a total liability guarding on the perimeter. He's learned how to use his length and his size, being 7-4. Uh, he's more mobile than he has been earlier in his career. Like If he came out after last year, mm -hmm. I'd be concerned. Okay. But he slimmed up a little bit more. He got a little bit more mobile, worked on his foot speed. It's been better. Um, he's also just – he's unstoppable down low. Like, there, there are some yeah, guys – Yeah, I checked who, him this year. He does look yeah, unstoppable. They, they get, get the ball down low, and it, it's game over. I think the mm -hmm. NBA has wrongly devalued that, right? Like, anybody who can just get you a bucket anytime they get down yeah. the court, no matter how you get it, I think you got to put some value on that. He will have to be used properly in a system like I don't think you put him in in Golden State system with Steve Kerr and, and say all right go you know go start for us and, and play 30 minutes like that that's not going to be his game but he has shown more face-up skills he's he's I, I think a really underrated passer again proved improved as a defender there's going to be a role for him like he's projected to be in the lottery now which I don't think is too much of a stretch given this draft class he'll end up in Charlotte Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but then you'll be kind of happy then at least yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we need a center That's well, we need saying. everything yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah what about you max or a -Rod? sorry if you had some more man yeah i got a question um you hear people starting to talk about the american players and all the top players in the league you know luca Giannis, the joker mm -hmm. um Embiid. You know, there's like a whole theme going on here. And everybody's trying to figure out what's the source of the problem. Do you think that 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 issue is being brought up in, in college ball or is, is that on their mind in the college in the world of college ball? Like, it is. It is. Okay. Yeah, it is. And it, it's mm -hmm. not so much like that the talent isn't there because mm -hmm. you're still getting a lot of really talented guys there, but they're coming to college coming to the NBA draft boards, let's say um, 18 years old, same time as Europeans are often in a much more raw state from just a basketball IQ standpoint, mm -hmm. right? The way that, that you come up through the youth ranks in, in the U S is largely through um, travel ball, whether you're playing with the Nike circuit, Adidas circuit, like the shoe companies kind of run all that stuff. Um, yeah. And it is modeled after the NBA game. Largely, that's I think where you see more of the NBA trickle down effect, more so than in college. Hmm. The game was more wide open. The game is more up and down. Uh, these teams are only together really over the summer, so there's not a lot of coaching, not a lot of like structure that goes in the way that they play. The emphasis is on getting as much talent as possible and trying to win with that talent. Now, some of these coaches, some of these programs, are really really good and do prepare guys for mm -hmm. for higher levels of basketball. Um, but at the same time, when you get guys together who are all NBA draft prospects playing on these teams, a lot of times you can out-athlete everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can, you can just out-tall everybody or out-quick 
everybody. Yeah. You're not having, trying to get something on tape, right? Right. You're not having mm-hmm. to, to think the game as much because you can get by with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you get to college, and the best athletes there is still some of that, right? You can still do that. But the skill development hasn't been there necessarily because you've always been able to just go by your guy as fast as, you know, whenever you wanted to. You haven't had to worry about trying to read a defense where things were going. You were able to just kind of go. The European model teaches a lot more about the game and the game within a, a five-on-five construct. A lot of the skill stuff you get in the U.S., the, the stuff you do get is more in the one-on-one construct, right? They, more of the isolation guys you see in the NBA, the top-end guys are the U.S. guys. And there is something to be said for being an unguardable one-on-one. That's a valuable skill. But I, I think that's the big disconnect is the European model is more focused on development and a team structure and a five-on-five. And yeah. the U.S. is more of a, a one-on-one, let's out-athlete figure out how I can score. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I got. I have a couple. I have two two more questions. That you can put them together real quick before uh, before we let you go. But first, I want to hear who you got who, who you got to win the whole damn thing this coming tourney. And okay. the Raptors. It came out in news that the Raptors were looking at Bronny. Now, is this guy draftable for one? Do you think he he'll he actually could play in the league with the big boys? Mm-hmm. Or like, give me a rundown of this kid because again, I haven't watched a minute of him. I don't I don't yeah. know what's going on, but. What's your rundown of him, and who do you got to win? Yeah, so I'll I'll touch on Bronny first. Um, He is, I think, very good physically. He's a high-level defender already. Like, there is some of that um, natural ability of being being a James uh, and Mm -hmm. also the fact that he's grown up around the game. He's one of these guys who does understand the five-on-five and how team defense works, which is kind of what you'd expect growing up around the game as much as he has. Good shooter, uh, still pretty raw offensively from a from a skill standpoint. Uh, he's not going to overwhelm you. He probably needs another year or two at least in school to develop. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to get the same kind of development in, in the NBA and G League and different things like that. But he is certainly a couple years away from making a real impact in the NBA. Um, there is talk about how bad his numbers of production have been this year at USC. And I think that's fair, number one. USC Southern Cal has been an absolute train wreck this season. Really? Partially on coaching, partially on chemistry. It's it's just been a, a total issue. The other yeah. thing is too, like the guy had like a heart attack this summer. Yeah, like yeah, like exactly. he, he went through a whole cardiovascular thing, and to expect him to come back from that and be like a can't miss prospect a couple months later, um, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? So like there there is some of that in play here too, honestly. The yeah. the lure of him right now, the lure of him right now for any NBA team is getting LeBron. Right. That's it. Hold, hold him for ransom. Him. We got you, yeah. kid. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. LeBron, LeBron wants to play with him before LeBron retires. And so the lure of getting him right now is getting the last you know year or two, however long it is, of, of LeBron's career. Right. That, that's the lure. That's the lure right on. now. Yeah. I think Bronny. I think Bronny can be a very good NBA player in a couple of years. He mm. needs to develop, but anybody who's going to pick him like first round or take a second round flyer on him this year, yeah, there's there's the potential there, and you're you're hoping for that. Guys have certainly been picked on less potential than Bronny has. Mm-hmm. So I will say that. But the the talk and why it's such a a more popular thing around all thirty NBA teams is the idea of getting LeBron immediately. Makes sense. Makes sense. In terms of, of who's going to win. Yeah, who you got? 
Um, I'll answer this in, in two ways. I think that the trio of Houston, Purdue, and UConn, Connecticut, have been Let's the go. three best teams all season long. Like they've been in a tier by themselves in terms of consistent play. Hmm. I think Kentucky wins a national championship. Okay. That's my guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will probably look like a fool for saying that. Kentucky's been really inconsistent this year. Um, their defense has been much better lately. It's been passable. Um, it was dreadful the first part of the season, and it's why they're, why they're bad. But it's been much, much better lately, and their offense is unstoppable. Like, they just hung 117 on an Alabama team that's pretty mm-hmm. good. Doesn't play much mm-hmm. defense, but mm-hmm. that's pretty good. And you got a whole bunch of guys go for double digits. You go like one through eight on that roster and anybody can score 20 of those eight, like on any given night. That means something in a one game playoff, essentially like this with the defensive improvements. I, I think I'm okay right now. We'll see if that defense regresses, but I think I'm okay right now saying I would pick Kentucky. Well, you heard it first, and you heard it right here from Mr. Brian Ruffa. Kentucky is about to win it, so go put your money down. Go right now to your local bookie. Go to the coffee shop. Put your money down. Talk to the guy with the papers. Talk to the guy with the papers and make your call, right? Because Kentucky's got it. All right, before we go, I got one question for you guys, okay? We were talking about the Olympics. We're talking about the American team. So, listen, imagine this matchup, Okay. Brian, A-Rod, Max P, who you got here? You got the United States of America. You got the American Olympic team, all right, and all their glory that heading to the next upcoming Olympics. That squad, okay, against the Toronto Raptors roster playing right now. <laughs> who do you got, boys? You got the U.S. Olympic team in their in their in their glory against this Toronto Raptors team right now. Who do you got? I know it's a tough one, but who do you got? The Raps. The Raps. <laughs> uh, all right, Brian, that was, that was a lot of fun having you on, man. I could tell this is the first time uh, I've, I've, I've heard you, and, man, you, you, you really do have the pulse on the game with college basketball, man. You can just see it's like pouring out of your ears. I can see it over the camera. Like you just <laughs> too much knowledge on college basketball. It's beautiful, man. Thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute yes, pleasure to have you, you on you, it. Brian. I would yeah, love to thanks for the brain. info, man. Yeah, I'd love to pick your brain again at some point, have you yeah. back on. But uh, please take the stage and let everybody know who's listening right now. We got listeners in Iran. We got listeners in, in Africa. We got listeners all over the goddamn world that are listening right now. And uh, where can they find you? Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me on. Uh, you can mm-hmm. find me on heatcheckcbb.com, heatcheckcbb.com. Uh, on Twitter at bralph33, it's b-r-a-u-f-33. Uh, we got a lot coming on the pipe. We're getting ready to turn to March. It's on Friday. Uh, we're going to have every conference tournament covered in detail. Obviously, the NCAA tournament covered in detail. You're going to have everything you could possibly want on college basketball uh, up on heatcheckcbb.com here in the next couple of weeks. Amazing, amazing. Well, let's give a big salute to Mr. Brian Ruff. Thank you so much for coming on. And you heard it first, Kentucky. Go to your coffee shop. Put your money down now. <laughs> this was another episode of the Sports Ethos Toronto Raptor Podcast. And I'm your host, of course, Mr. L. Hoopo with A-Rod and Max P. And that was Brian Rock. Kentucky's your pick. Go get your money. Go open up your piggy bank. Smash it open. Go get your quarters, your nickels, your dimes, your pennies, whatever you got. And go bring it to your local man who's got the papers. And put it on Kentucky. Let's go. 